0: Hello, I am Jamie McKinley and welcome to another episode of Just Get A Real Job, the podcast where we speak to emerging creatives and creatives alike from across the creative industries. Every time I do this intro, I always realise how many times I say the word creative in that sentence and yeah, it's quite difficult to say. Please forgive me if I sound a bit tired today, I'm I'm incredibly shattered. It was an early, an early start for work and I'm kind of squeezing in this intro, but... In saying that, it's very good to be back and we enjoyed our little week off from the podcast last week just because we've been so busy and it was nice to just get a wee breather. Although it was a week off from the podcast, I was still working and stuff, so was Elliot, but you know, you can't have it all. But anyway, it's, it's great to be back and before I introduce this week's episode, I just want to say as always... If you are enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us by donating to our Patreon page or by leaving us a little review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen if you haven't done so yet. And another thing you can do is always just tell friends to listen, tell family to listen, give us a wee share on your social media or whatever. Not just us, any podcast that you like, especially independent podcast. We really depend on that sort of support. So if you can lend us a hand, we would be very, very grateful as always. And yes, it is time to introduce... This week's episode. This is what I mean about me being tired. I'm all over the place today. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Please, please bear with me. But yeah, we recorded this week's episode back in May, so a wee while ago now. But this week on the podcast, we had the chance to sit down and chat to. I say we. I had the chance, but I had the chance to sit down and speak to Lydia Molina White. And you might recognise the name because Lydia is actually Carla of episode sixteen. You might remember the episode with Carla, previous guest of the podcast. She's Carla's sister. So this is the first time we'd had siblings on the podcast, which is quite exciting. But Lydia was great. Lydia is a writer and an editor. She's written a various amount of different things. She does prose, she does comic books, she's done scripts before, lots of different stuff. She had lots of interesting stuff to say, lots of interesting things to say about being a freelancer, about experiences, about writing in all these different mediums. Really, really good and interesting conversation, lots of good advice. And I very much hope you enjoy Hi Lydia, how are you doing today? Thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Thanks for Um, having me.
0: No, it's a pleasure. And as I was just saying to you before we started, this is a podcast first because you're Carla's sister, Carla from episode 16. So (laughs) the first time we'd had siblings on the podcast before, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, very cool.
0: It's a creative family, obviously.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) there's actually four of us, four sisters, yeah. We'll wow. see what they, the other two are, are doing
0: are, are they creative as well? or
1: The youngest one is So she's studying hair and makeup at uni at the moment oh, amazing! And the middle one is actually Probably the more scientifically minded I think mm. of the four of us She studied <laughs> to be a nurse And she's doing social studies at the moment So yeah
0: Oh fair, that's cool though I love it when families have like, lots of creativity And it. it always makes like, I just find it interesting
1: Yeah, I mean my extended family as well We have like lots of singers and dancers And like artists So yeah <laughs> Which I just thought about actually. I never really thought about my family as creative, but now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, actually, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's nice. Well, you are a writer and an editor as well, but you write a lot of various things. Like you do various prose, like creative writing. You're a journalist as well, as well, aren't you? So there's lots to unpack there. So I've got
1: (laughs) yeah, lots going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How, how do you see yourself As a sort of writer What, what would you just dis- if, if somebody was to say to you What do you do What would you say to them
1: So I think the reason Why I say writer and editor Is kind of like It encompasses everything If that makes sense yeah, yeah But it's kind of divided Into two things basically So I'm not a point Where my day job Is journalism And copywriting So you know That's what I do To sort of make money And fund my creative projects If that makes <laughs> sense course. And basically like you know to To live My journalism So working for Different media outlets, doing news reporting and writing features and stuff. That's my day job. And then I do creative writing on the side as my sort of passion, if that makes sense, which would hopefully eventually become a source of viable income, if that makes sense. So so yeah that's why it's like a sort of catchment term but yeah sometimes there's a lot of stuff that i do that's in the middle if that makes sense so some of my clients are i work for this app that does interactive quests so that kind of combines both you know like the sort of marketing writing skills but also lots of fiction writing involved so (laughs) it's quite good because you know every day is different (laughs) and i'll be working on a lot of different things at the same time so so yeah
0: no that's awesome that's really cool um And sort of just the editing stuff, I just wanted to clarify, so with the editing stuff, is that you like like sort of making change to other people's work and things?
1: That's part of it. So I offer those services as well. So I help fiction writers and comic writers with their manuscripts or their projects. So I do editing for them in that way yeah. But I also do editing as my day job So sometimes, right. you know, just come onto a project And just make sure that everything makes sense Or when I'm an editor for Radio Times, for example You basically just run the news shift So you you yeah. sort through the stories of the day And like you publish what the writers have been doing So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> hopefully I mean, that well, explains no, it No, it's fine,
0: I just wanted to, as, you know, get More for me, that, as much as the listener Just so I'm like, okay, I understand this now And now I can proceed to ask questions about it more
1: specific questions yeah of yeah. course i realize there's a lot going on no it's um, good
0: i always love it because the thing i always say on the podcast like it's easy as to like put everyone in a box and be like, this is this person mm-hmm. does this but most creative people are very multifaceted and we do lots of various things so
1: exactly and we like you know most of the time what we do creatively doesn't pay the bills so there's all these other <laughs> yeah. all these other things going on that you yep. have to do and and yeah, you know absolutely
0: <laughs> well we like to sort of start the podcast by asking our guests what are their earliest Creative memories are So what are your earliest Creative memories And I'm sure some of this Might tie into what Carla said as well Because obviously like you, you know growing up With her and stuff But
1: yeah <laughs> So I think for me I was always a big reader So we grew up in a small flat There's four sisters So there's not a lot of You know personal space And I, I always found reading Kind of like a, a really good way To go into a different world If that makes sense And just have some time For myself So I was always a huge reader Even when I was very very young. And from there, I basically kind of always knew that I wanted to be a writer. Like, I remember reading these kitty books in Spain and just loving it. Like I just thought I want to be able to do this, you know, even then. And I would, you know, make up stories for my little sisters before they went to bed and I would make them, they'd have to give me three words and then I'd have to make up a story that would feature those three words and this was maybe I was like I don't know 10 years old and they were really young and we did that throughout until I, I kind of went to uni so I think that that's probably some of my earlier creative memories and also we were we really loved watching sort of fantasy TV and films Like we were obsessed My sisters and I Were obsessed with Charmed
0: Oh yeah <laughs> You know My cousin. I have a lot of Female cousins And they used to Watch that And I'd watch it. Oh with, I was obsessed it's actually alright I enjoyed it at the time
1: <laughs> You know what It's like Kind of informed A lot of my Creative yeah. writing Weirdly enough Like I know It's very cheesy now And obviously But things like Charmed and Buffy And all those things I, I always had An affinity for Sort of fantasy If that makes sense And and yes I think probably That's my, my Earliest creative memories Is just reading a lot And love Loving. It's very cheesy to say it, but this sort of like being transported to another world. No,
0: I think most people on the podcast that come on say very similar things, you know, they yeah. were watching and reading things. And at the end of the day, art is escapism at the end of the day. yeah
1: so. Exactly. Yeah. And and you know, and then I was doing that already, you know. I was writing little stories and I was telling them to my sisters and and it but it was I remember it was very kind of I didn't really understand that you could be a writer in that way. So I did it because I loved it, but I didn't really know that, you know. I didn't really understand how you could possibly make that into a career, if that makes sense. So I knew that that's what I wanted to do, but I didn't really, it was all very sort of introspective at that point and really kind of just doing it because I loved it and then realizing, actually, this is really what I want to do, you know? So in a way, I'm very lucky because I realized very young what I wanted. And I think that that's a privilege and that's kind of gives you a focus that a lot of people don't have not to say that it's not okay to not know what you want to do or anything because I think that that is okay but I was very lucky that I knew and, and it kind of helped me make decisions that might have been a lot harder if I didn't have that driving me so yeah, yeah
0: no absolutely and I suppose a lot of people get to set even their mid-20s or their late twenties and things and go, well, I don't even know what I want to actually do. So I suppose it is a yeah, it is actually a privilege to probably know, you know I want to do this when I'm a kid and you know that probably
1: does. Yeah. Me. I mean, which is not to say that, you know, in my twenties, like I am now, I've made many mistakes and I've made <laughs> decisions that like put me further away from that goal, if that makes sense. But it's always good because when that did happen, I I could just take a step back and be like, okay, so what do I really want to do? Why am I doing yeah. this? You know cuz you can you can be a writer if you work in a coffee shop you know it doesn't you don't have to go to uni you're just a writer when you write you know so it, at some points in my career i've been like why am i investing all this time and all this effort into something that requires so much from me when it's not really what i want to be doing so yeah so yeah it's been great for that
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely feel you on that as well well i just sort of before we'll come on to like your sort of de- decision to go to uni and study english and all that stuff and mm. about, sort of another question i have is just how, where you're from sort of influenced you as a creative. And obviously I know you're sort of Spanish and Scottish. So yeah. that's obviously like a nice blend of cultures as well, which I'm sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, so yes, yeah, so I'm from Spain and I was born and grew up in Spain, but my mom is Scottish. So I was very lucky that I grew up in a bilingual household. Yeah. So that was really, really great. Cause it meant I could come to uni here and it was, it was a big adjustment obviously, but I could navigate things Easily because I need a language. But I think it was what's interesting is for the growing up, I used to write in Spanish, even though I would read both in Spanish and English. So basically, I would read the books in whichever language they had been written. So if it was by a Spanish author, I could read it in Spanish. And if it was by an English author, I could read it in English. So that was great. But my education was in Spanish. So all of my creative work was in Spanish and it was terrible because I was like, I don't know, like 13 years old, but all those formative years were, were in Spanish. So then when I came to uni here, making that shift was pretty huge. And it took me a long time to sort of rewire my brain, if that makes sense, to feel comfortable creating in English and that way. And now it's the opposite. Now I feel like every time I go home and speak in Spanish, I sound so bad, like I've forgotten how to speak Spanish, if that makes sense. And I could not write anything any good in Spanish at this point I think it was affecting me in a way that is good because I can I can sort of consume content in both languages in the way that they were intended so that's great for for being inspired but in a way it was a little bit you always feel like you're almost like you know half and half rather than a full language if that makes sense (laughs)
0: like a
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think in a way for my creativity, it's really good because I have, as you say, like a different perspective to bring to it and how I approach something might be different than someone who doesn't have that. But in a way, it's also a little bit daunting because I always feel like I'm two steps behind from like writers who are you know, fully native and who have grown up here And have all these years, all these formative years In English, if that makes sense So yeah, it's like it's like an interesting one to navigate
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely Well, for my next question, because I asked Carlos As well, it's only fair I asked you to give me sure. The answers for it, but do you have a Well, I'll we, we'll ask everyone, do you have like a favourite word Or phrase from where you're from, but I'm obviously going to ask you For a Scottish one and a Spanish one Which, Ooh, which, which is a bit cheeky Okay. But, <laughs> the same to Carlos. so it's only fair
1: I mean, the, the Spanish ones are probably rude so I don't know. said to... the exact same. <laughs> You know, I think I think our insults are very creative, actually. Can you swear on this podcast? Yeah, is that okay?
0: Especially in Spanish. I don't think a lot of the listeners will, will even understand.
1: <laughs> I mean, I can translate it for you, but it's <laughs> yeah. quite rude. So we say me cago en tu puta madre, which means I shit on your mother Who is a whore That's what <laughs> we say And we say that like that Very normal Like very it's like casually you know, yeah. yeah like it's, it's You know whatever And I mean obviously In Spanish it's more about The tone rather than the words So like mm. And what sort of Dynamic you have With who you're speaking to So you could say that To your friend And that would be Absolutely fine Or if you're angry Then you, that would come out And then you know You're in trouble
0: <laughs> I mean there's lots of swear words In Scotland as well Yes <laughs> and I
1: do use them a lot I do hope my granny Doesn't listen to this podcast She would be really really offended if she heard what i just said do a special Um, edit
0: where we bleep it out for her or something
1: yes please (laughs) just have to edit it out um when i went to uni i lived with a couple of english people and then my boyfriend is english so when i was learning to to sort of speak english in a way that was maybe like you know more functional than to my older family members when they came to visit in spain or when i came to visit Growing up, it was very much influenced by by the people around me, and a lot of them. So you know, were are from different parts of England. So so yeah, I feel like I don't sound particularly Scottish. I don't know what you think <laughs> about that. And yeah. in, in, when I lived in London, everybody thought I sounded more Scottish than Spanish. But I obviously, here it. in Edinburgh, like,
0: I can hear it in your um, in your accent. I don't think like I know Carla has a slightly stronger Scottish accent than you. I'd say definitely. Yeah, yeah, but like it's definitely a twang in there.
1: But I think that's funny because she she lived with Scottish people at uni, so I think that it, influenced it how she. It does. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like how she spoke.
0: Yeah. You know, even if I speak to people from Glasgow, I feel like my voice because becomes a little <laughs> bit more Scottish, for example.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think it does. Like it you know, changes. when I'm speaking to my family, it's a bit different. But I don't really use it. I I just swear all the time. Really, <laughs> I think that's probably the most Scottish thing. So I love that. But yes, I don't know. Do you have a favourite Scottish saying?
0: You know, I, I, was, I was on my own podcast recently and I didn't actually get asked this question, so I never got to answer it. So oh
1: no, well, maybe well, you can I, do I, that now. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. This is, I'll do it now for the listeners. I'm trying to think what my answer was going to be. But there's a there's a very Edinburgh term, called, um, okay. gu- like a guffy, which just means an in oh. idiot. And I just love that <laughs> word, like pair of guffies. Like, I love that. Like, That's amazing. So that, that would be mine. I love that. You know what? I
1: never actually heard that one before.
0: Yeah, I learned it when I moved to Edinburgh and I, I really like that. Yeah, that's good. That's Watch. good, yeah. I like the word chored as well, which means to steal something, like chored a cup or something. I think that means to steal. So these oh, words. Oh, that's good. They're, they're really weird words, but I quite like them. <laughs> I quite like I them. like
1: "bars" as well. That's funny. Yeah,
0: there you go. There's your answer then. Yeah, that's
1: so my we answer. Got it.
0: We got that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, yeah. Let's um, sort of go back to when you were a teenager and you decided yeah. to go to study English. Let so you you just wanted to be a writer, so with, you decided I'm going to move to Scotland and do that.
1: Basically. Yes, so yeah, so I'm from Mallorca, which is you know everybody knows Mallorca is this beautiful island. You go in summer and you like go a stagger Hindu to Magaluf and stuff. In, in the UK, you know, but there's obviously so much more to it than that. But it's also very small. <laughs> you know, there's the creative industries are pretty non-existent and very kind of closed so a lot of people it's a lot of knowing the right people and it's really hard to sort of get in and I always sort of just like the idea when you go to uni in in Spain or in Mallorca anyway you live at home you don't really kind of get that experience of going to halls and and just having this chance to sort of be independent and when I came to to visit Edinburgh to visit my family I always felt like a really strong connection to the place and I thought it was like this magical city I was like you know this is basically perfect for a fantasy writer (laughs) you know (laughs) know, it's kind of like really creepy and and gothic and but also very beautiful so so, yeah yeah. and I just like love the idea of getting a chance to sort of Go off and do something a little bit different. There was nothing that I wanted to study. I think I, when I went to an open day at Napier, I, I was visiting my grandparents in Edinburgh, and they took me to an open day, and I walked into, into Napier, and I was like, "This is it's amazing, and it's very different from the university in in Mallorca." When I walked in, and, and it just didn't give me those vibes. And other people are different, obviously. But studying, there's no sort of version of studying English literature there. You you do this thing called philology, so you do a lot of language, mm. and you do a lot of sort of linguistics, which is not. What what i wanted to do i just basically wanted to like read books and write about books and yeah. you know just be a writer and i, and I was lucky enough that on my last year of, of high school we got this extra class where we did world literature which you know i'd never done before so so we got to do more sort of international text if that makes sense and i was like yeah this is what i want to do you know i want to just basically read stuff and talk about it <laughs> and it was actually cheaper to for me to come to uni in scotland than it would have been to go to uni in spain so always a
0: border as well
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course. And, yeah. and you know, that kind of really cemented it. And I just really, I basically knew that I wanted to leave home and I wanted to sort of live in a city. And Edinburgh is not a big city or anything. So it kind of felt like a manageable change yeah. from my tiny, tiny, tiny village <laughs> in, in Mallorca to like a sort of small, beautiful city. And, and you know, I loved it. I, I, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And it's a lovely place to live as well. Currently yeah. recording this episode From my hometown of Glenroff Office and studio And uh, you know, I'm <laughs> very, looking forward to returning to Edinburgh Very soon I'm, I'm really sure. Don't want <laughs> to flag Fife off too much I feel like on this <laughs> podcast I've spoke about how much I don't like living in my hometown On It comes up so often I need to
1: But everybody like, gets to slag their home- I hometown I just slag my hometown on course. this podcast There you yeah. go But you know, if you're from there, you can do it It's if someone yeah, else exactly. does it then That's, that's what it's offensive it.
0: Exactly, because I have nice things to say But I do feel like I've sort of trashed my town a lot on this podcast <laughs> so I'm like, Maybe I should be careful I'm going to get a mob outside in a minute Yeah, yeah. but
1: I feel like if you're from there You're oh, fine, you know no, Yeah, I, I do the same with my town It's nice to go back and see my family But I... Yeah despise it yeah
0: <laughs> no I think it's um it's also because there's not those opportunities there for us as creatives as well yeah which perhaps is another problem that needs to address because we need to make those opportunities happen in other places and but it's, it's difficult to do that in our position right now so
1: mm, exactly yeah I, I think you're right and I think you know I think it's okay to want this stuff that that is you know the usual journey that people have when they're from those places that's absolutely fine but I knew that that's not what I wanted so I kind of really had this hunger to sort of just be like, no, I, I don't want to kind of stay here. I don't want to go and study philology and then come back to the high school I went to to teach. You know, it's not really the which, which absolutely is a valid thing to do. But I just knew it it's wasn't not for, for everyone.
0: Me. Yeah, yeah, which is absolutely fine. And that's something I feel like I have to say a lot on the podcast as well. That although that life is not at all for me, I actually respect people that are happy to live that life. And there's nothing of wrong course with like do what makes you happy. But like on this podcast, all the all of us creatives are a bit crazy delusional. We have, yeah. we want, you know, we want to live the same Theme and that's a good thing. So,
1: wait, like we want to starve in a city, you know, like <laughs> yeah,
0: and write about it, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, so, exactly.
0: No, that's great so you you graduated from from napier and doing your yeah. and then you go to do a creative writing degree which must have been really exciting because your master's because like that's more sort of getting to be creative i guess
1: yeah it was amazing i loved it it was honestly i would recommend to anybody who who wants to be a writer and, and a commercial writer you know like it's, it's a very sort of commercially minded ma it's not
0: was that the one in napier as well right
1: Yes, it's the one it's I make It It's a great it, yeah. course,
0: yeah, because obviously I did screenwriting and they, we we got to be in classes with some of the. Oh, okay. When I was there, and nice. I like, have heard great things about that course. I did. I nearly it, applied to that as well, and then decided. it was
1: so good. It was so good, and you can do screenwriting as part. I think one of the modules you can. Yeah, do is I know, it screenwriting. yeah, screenwriting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so good. I think it's the type of course where you get out as much as you put in, if that Absolutely. makes sense. And I put everything in. So, like, <laughs> to be honest with you, with my undergrad, I barely went to class. Like I kind of like, I was like a straight A student in school, yeah, you know, like yeah. perfect. I was like the perfect goody, goody two shoes. Didn't do anything too crazy. And, and, you know, I wasn't, I think I found, I, I knew what I was good at. So I played to my strengths in in, in high school, if that makes sense. Then I would really challenged myself and just did what I, what I had to do to be able to do what I wanted to do. And then as soon as I got some, <laughs> some independence at uni, I was like, nope, I'm just going to, again, I did like you know, the minimum to be able to pass and everything. But I would say I didn't put in as much as I could have or should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas on my MA, it was completely different. I was like, right, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I'm in a hundred percent. It was amazing. It was so hard. And I cried every week i had a mental breakdown every week basically (laughs) and and yeah but i met some amazing people that i'm still super close with and you know i was the youngest person on the on the course so a lot of other people already maybe had like they already had a career in something else or they already had you know they'd already figured stuff out that i still had to figure out if that makes sense and i was very like behind in a lot of stuff but it was amazing i think for me it was that was great because i i came in kind of not knowing anything and thinking I knew everything, if that makes sense. And I came out of it, like having learned so much and having changed so much. And I think that that was, that was really good for me. But obviously I went straight from my undergrad to do that. And then when I graduated, the sort of oh shit what I do what am I doing with my life now kicked in you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I just had a year where all I got to do was to to write like you know every I week I was writing really,
0: I don't know if you found this but I think it's really really difficult when you've been in that environment where you're having to write all the time and you have a safe space to do it to suddenly mm. leave that environment is yes. like what the hell? I've got to do my own deadlines. I've got to force myself to write. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, str- I've really, really struggled with that since yeah. graduating last year. I don't really feel like a writer at the moment because I'm not really writing enough because I just don't know where, do you know what I mean? I'm trying to get a job and it's like it's difficult. It is really hard. So
1: absolutely. Like, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> Basically that's spot on. That, that was, you know, I think, especially if you go when you're straight from uni, right. So you like, okay, so this is kind of like just delaying all that, existential dread for a year, essentially, (laughs) and you get to do all this stuff. And then it's like, okay, so now I need to figure out how I'm going to do this once you don't have that space, I feel like I had Stockholm syndrome. I was like, oh my God, you know, like I want them to to scream at me for being a terrible writer every week, you know, <laughs> like, for oh, making mistakes. That's chance. not what they do. That's, That's not what they do. But they do like, you know, it was, it's a great course. They, they don't do peer reviewed feedback. They just do the experts basically give you feedback, but they do do it in front of the whole class. So yeah. <laughs> it's still terrifying in that way. And I was like, you know, I miss that. I don't have that fear anymore. So my writing was all over the place. And I was trying, again, like you say, I was trying to get a job. I didn't know what I was doing it's like you know as I say I could have easily got a job in a coffee shop and still been writing and that would have been okay and that probably would have been what I should have had like you know I should have done that but when you go to uni and stuff you feel all this pressure to sort of be successful in the right way if that makes sense and, and what yeah. and you don't really you know what success means is different to everybody. And, but I think you put all this pressure into it. Like, oh, you know, if I did work in a coffee shop and still wrote my book, that would mean I failed. You know what I mean? Like that would mean that all like my undergrad and all the like effort, like all the sort of moving to a different country and doing all this stuff would have been for nothing because I could have worked in a coffee shop back home, you know. So it's really hard to navigate all that, and it, it's really? taken me a few years, you know, to feel confident and comfortable again, and to sort of
0: to be a free and to feel like
1: I wanted, yeah, and to feel like I wanted to write. You know, I think like I took a big break and and this whole sort of what do I do now, like. You know, my boyfriend and I moved to London once I graduated, well, to the outskirts of London with with his mum, because that's where he's from. And all of a sudden, you know, I went from living in the city and having my master's and writing and all this stuff to living in the suburbs (laughs) you know with no I don't drive so it was like trying to find a job in the creative industries and both of us just like you know and we're privileged that we had that option but it was it was really hard and when your mental health is not like in a good place it's really hard to to write and to create in a way that's that's good so so yeah it's taken me a while to feel like I wanted to do it and that's okay as well so yeah
0: yeah no, well, I appreciate you being so honest about, um, like how you're like, like your experience as well, and it, you know, it's reassuring to me actually. So, even as the host, I'm like, yeah, that's good to know because we're all yeah, exactly you know, he- heavy relate to that a lot. Hello, it's JB here. You may have heard this advert several times before, but if not, this is basically just me taking a minute to remind you guys. That if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to help us keep growing. Now, as many of you might be aware, the podcasting landscape is incredibly saturated. And I mean, there's lots of podcasts. We all love podcasts. But it's very difficult for independent podcasts like us to sometimes break through and to be noticed. So doing things like sharing us on social media, word of mouth, and just telling friends and family to listen, or even leaving us a little five-star review on places like Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, go so far in helping us to keep growing. Me and Elliot adore this podcast. We love making this podcast. So if you're able to help in any way by doing something like that, we'd be incredibly grateful, not just for our podcast, but if you love any independent podcasts, please try and give them a wee share or give them a review because it, it goes so far. Another thing you can do if you enjoy the podcast as well, and we appreciate that this is a very difficult time, but if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us, you can donate as little or as much as you like to our Patreon page, and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash or you can click the link in the show notes. Anything you can afford, we are very grateful for. Thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. suppose my next question kind of is just very much in it. How, What was the sort of next steps then when you're in London? How did the sort of getting all this copywriting free, freelance, like how did that journalism stuff, how did that sort Stop. of... Come about?
1: I think one of the things on my first day of my undergrad course, one of the things that they said, and you know, you're being at freshers, you're like hungover, you don't really care what they're saying at that point. But I do remember that on this induction, the person doing the induction said, oh, you know, like it's the people in this room, like basically networking, essentially like that are you're probably going to find jobs through the people in this room, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, whatever, you know? And then actually that's how how it happened. So when I was in my third year, um, before I went to fourth year, basically, we we had this Facebook group on our, where all of our course- course, Like all the people in the course were on this and someone posted on this face. like we would post things like, oh, you know, here's where you can buy this book for cheap or, or any opportunities or any questions that we had. And then this person said, oh, like... My friend works for this company. They're looking for for a writer to do basically just like write lifestyle stuff. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I was the first person to send the text to basically like, hey. <laughs> Yeah, I was if I got in first and this girl who she worked on the events. So she was an intern. She was also at Napier and she was an intern for this for this media company in Edinburgh, very small. And she worked on the event side of things. But she was basically just looking for someone. I think the person that they had that was doing writing just couldn't do it anymore, or their intern was leaving and they realized that they needed someone. And I was the first person to get in. So all of a sudden I was like, okay, cool. So she was like, yeah, cool. Come in. Meet. Bear in mind. I've never been in an office before. I never worked in an office environment. I had no idea what I was doing. Like I never really written before in that way. Like, yes, I was writing for my course, but you know, I'd never written an article or anything. <laughs> and then I rocked up to this. It was the office at the beginning was in my boss's basement so it was she had this big townhouse in Stockbridge and we worked from the basement and yeah, so I did two days like time like open plan room where where the boss was there everybody like all the different departments were just in this small room and she was like look so here's a list of hotels give them a call and get images from the magazine I was like what you know like (laughs) just in front of everyone I didn't even know how to use like a phone like a proper phone you know like when is the last time you use like an actual phone (laughs) (laughs) you know all this stuff but somehow I managed like you know I managed to do it I don't think I managed to impress her with my phone skills but I got to do some writing and it was okay <laughs> and two days later she was like okay so you know we really like you so if you want to come and work for us part-time basically I got to work part-time for a magazine." during my last year of uni and during my master's. So, and that's just through literally sending a text to the first person. So I think like, even though I didn't really kind of have everything that they wanted, I've never done it before. You know, I think it's important to just, sometimes you just have to like do it and go for it and try. Yeah. 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 Basically. Yeah. That was amazing. I got to learn a little bit from that. I think it was, it was very much like you know, you have to teach yourself. You had a lot of like things that I that I think like are not necessarily industry standard, but we got things done and it was a lovely team. Um, And yeah, and we published Edinburgh Festo's magazine and Foodies magazine. So I got to work for some really cool stuff, even though, again, I had no clue what I was doing. So I was just sort of making it up as I went. But that was great because it kind of gave me this huge portfolio of work. And, you know, amazing. Like I got to leave my retail job because I was working part time in retail like most people when they're in uni, you know, and I got to leave that to work part Part time for a magazine while which I was still at uni. Almost
0: ideal because yeah, it's perfect. Someone said in the podcast a few weeks ago. I can't remember. There's been so many guests out it's hard to remember. Yeah. To say, <laughs> but they said something great, which was that basically the best thing you can do as a creative is, is to try and pay the bills with something that's maybe not exactly what you want to do, but it's sort of in the field that you want to work in.
1: Exactly. So for example,
0: they were in a. He was in a wedding band, and that's how his way of paying the bills. But you want, you know, he's a musician. But you know what I mean. So things like that. I think,
1: yeah, that's like, basically what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. like it's, you know, what obviously, I'm aiming
0: to do. That's what I'm trying to do. It's very yeah, difficult.
1: yeah. It it takes so long to get to that point, you know. And so I did that, but then it's very different going from like a basement <laughs> in a local magazine to then going to like you know a big publishing house, and they throw things at you. And You're like, what? <laughs> Is this You know Like So once I finished My master's My boyfriend and I Went travelling for a bit So we'd saved up And we went travelling And then he Works in film So oh, it nice. made sense To be in London Because it's just The industry is bigger there Unfortunately You know I think things yeah. are changing And I think like You know Hopefully It's going to be Easier to get to In Scotland And I think You know The growth in that sector Is huge at the moment That's But really um, at the time Especially to get in You know Like oh, especially boy. to break in oh. So we thought Oh we'll just give it a try We always kind of wanted To come back to Edinburgh But it was like you know it's a new adventure so so we went to London and I thought you know what I'm gonna be freelance because I've got this experience and I'm gonna finish writing my book and I'm gonna do all this stuff like you know very naively (laughs) thinking that this is how it was gonna work and then and then yeah obviously like you know I didn't have a lot of experience I didn't have any contacts in London so obviously I didn't again this is like the common theme of my career I didn't have a clue what I was doing. (laughs) You know? I think
0: I think that's a the common theme of most of yeah. us most of us. Like you sort of wing it. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, like, exactly. Even with the podcast, like I've learned on the job. Like this was this yeah. totally never meant to happen. This is all been self-taught so I think we're all the same boat
1: exactly but I think that's like kind of like the best way to learn especially if you don't come from a privileged background where you have access to all these things you know it, it's really tough but I think it's, it's kind of like unfortunately it's the only way you know to to go through it and and yeah I mean now I mean I'm in a much better like and now I'm freelancing again and obviously it's going a lot better than it was when I was like I don't know 23 years old with like zero contacts and only <laughs> like you know one bit of experience for a local publisher. House, so which was amazing for me, you know. But then trying to get clients was was hard, and yeah, it was interesting. So for a few months, it was couldn't find work. I, I couldn't really focus on writing and stuff. And then I got my first client, which was for this big. So it was so funny on the phone. She was like, "Oh, you know, we're a small team. So you're from a small team. It's for this food magazine. So I did food magazine when I worked in this place in Edinburgh while I was studying. And I was like, okay, well that sounds perfect. You know, small team. They've done this. I can go come on as a sub editor, which is what I was doing. And then you know, I rocked up to the place on Baker Street in London. It's this gigantic multi-story building with this huge open plan (laughs) office and like a test kitchen. There was all these different magazines. So yeah, sure. The team that I was working with was, you know, five people, but there was maybe like Two hundred people in the whole office, so it did not feel small.
0: You know, massive from the basement to there. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did not feel small at all, and yeah, I, I was really thrown in there and very out of my depth. I did not have the skills, so it was huge to learn from me because because it was like, okay, this was bad. You know, like I learned a lot on that, but it's not what they wanted, and was it was like my first proper big freelance thing. And it kind of was a huge sort of kick to just be like, okay, you know, I need to walk before I can run if that makes sense. So like, it was a huge to see that and just be like, okay, I think I need a, a bit more experience and, and, you know, maybe, yeah, going from that to this is a huge step. So, so yeah. So what I ended up doing, I did freelance for a while longer, kind of getting by. And then my boyfriend got a job at a camera house in London. So kind of things started to move a little bit and then we managed to move into our flat. And then I was like, okay, so obviously the freelance stuff isn't, Working that great, you know. I'm not there yet. I'm not even writing. So the time that I'm not trying to get clients, I'm not using it to write. So <laughs> obviously, like it's not. You know, you can take a break. You can just use that time to sort of inhale and like feel good with yourself and what you're doing, and and work on other stuff, and then it will come, you know. But when you're in when you're in it, it's really hard to think like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I ended up getting a job as a junior copywriter for a publishing house. So basically, it was like a creative agency. In in london and that was that was how i kind of learned that side of things and in a way doing as you say it's kind of really very very mildly related to writing (laughs) the kind of writing i wanted to do if at all but it is writing you know like different writing skills and doing that kind of gave me the confidence to then work on my own stuff so i wrote and directed a film a short film
0: yeah i was going to bring this up um which is uh, (laughs) a horror film called wilt right a short yes yeah Yeah, how how did that come about then? So, yes, I was
1: working in this this agency. And again, it was like a huge learning curve, the kind of place where they do brainstorms for big clients and how they're going to apply it to the magazines that we had and all this stuff. And for the first, like, I don't know, three or four months, I didn't say a word in these brainstorms. I was like, I want to die. Like, what can I, you know, I felt like so embarrassed and like, I didn't have any good ideas. And like, I didn't want to share ideas with like a room full of people who knew what they were talking about. But again, I challenged myself and I was like, right, you need to get over yourself. Like, you know, you just need to, the more you do it, the easier it gets basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the magazines that we, that we worked with was, was Radio Times, who I still work with today as a freelancer. So Obviously that's related to to TV and film And that was the one I loved working for the most You know Because it's the thing I love the most So yeah I think like just doing this Gave me a lot of confidence And I'd worked on the 40 hour sci-fi competition I don't know if you know
0: about that I think I've heard of it yeah
1: You get given a sentence A prop that you have to use and you have to make a short film in 48 hours, basically.
0: Which is an incredible. <laughs> and, yeah. Not a lot of time at all.
1: No, no, it's <laughs> insane. So my boyfriend and I did it one year and the film was awful, but it was like good to learn again. You know, you do something, you realise what you could have done differently. And then, you know, if you're insane, you do it again. <laughs> so we did it again a <laughs> year after. But this time he worked at the camera house and, you know, there's lots of creative people there who, again, are in the creative industries and doing lots of different stuff. One of the people he, so he He's an artist, but also like a grip, so all this and a writer, so you know all this (laughs) stuff. So he ended up directing the the short that we that we did that got shortlisted. But anyway, so I was the assistant director and I helped write it. This forty hour short, and it it was an amazing experience. You know, like I learned so much in in the forty hours. My sister Carla came on as well, so she was she was a runner, and it was yeah, it was like amazing. And the result was super cool. Like there was like a group of talented people, like you know coming together and making something that was insane to make but also really fun and really great and and you know I was involved from the beginning so you know I helped because that's what you have to do you have to do everything you know you have to do casting you have to do writing like on the day we got the prompt and the director and I sat down and the producer and we the three of us just like came up with a story and that was it like we just (laughs) went with it. I think that kind of made me think, oh, you know, I really kind of want to give this a try. And I'd had this confidence from like sort of doing stuff at my day job that I wouldn't have done otherwise. And I was like, OK, sure, let's like write and direct a movie and do a Kickstarter campaign. Why not? And and I actually learned, I love the pre-production side of things. I love the writing side of things. I think yeah. production is and post-production especially is not for me. <laughs> Very <laughs> you know, which I learned from doing it. And that's how it came about, really. Like, I think, sorry, we lived in this flat in London that had a really long, scary corridor. So that kind of was the inspiration for it. And it's actually featured in the film. And yeah, and all my work really kind of has feminist themes. All of my creative work has feminist themes and is usually genre based. So I usually do speculative fiction. So, like, a uh, fantasy sci fi, which I like, you know, I love it as a sort of vehicle to explore. Yeah. So- yeah. feminist themes
0: that that was sort of going to be my next question for you
1: oh.
0: <laughs> just just to sort of just steer ways in that direction, actually. So obviously, I know all your sort of creative writing stuff. You love fantasy and all that stuff you mm. just sort of talked about, and you've done it in various mediums. So, like, I know you've done so, and I've read some of your comics, which are very oh, really, thank you. Really cool. <laughs> when I was preparing for this interview, but like, you've done the comic writing, and I think you'd also written, as you say, for apps and things. Like, so there's like a, such a, a variety of different styles of writing. Is there one mm. that you love that you quite like the most, and you ideally would like to continue in, or is, or do you just quite like the variety?
1: I love the variety. I think fiction really is my first love. Mm. So like prose. Yeah. So I love it. Even though it's probably the hardest. Probably it's quite one, hard.
0: one of the hardest. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I was going I don't know. Script writing is really hard for me because yeah. obviously I come from a fiction, from set. a prose background.
0: Because script writing is very specific to... Yeah. You. It's hard. I mean, I, and, I've got a blooming degree in the thing and I, I think it's hard.
1: <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> See, exactly. There you go. And it's like, if you come from a prose background where you get to do, to put all this detail in and, you know, yeah. you get to be all descriptive and go all out on the, on these things uh, and then you go to script writing which is like oh uh, we don't care so i actually really like writing comments because it's kind of in between it so, is actually, isn't it? I've never yeah, done it,
0: it but I've, I've always been interested Like it's, it's weird, I love it
1: And yeah. I love collaborating with people And it's almost like, you know, when you're writing prose It's all up to you So very you have actually, to isn't it? Yeah, it's very lonely And also you have to write it You have to edit it You have to make sure it looks good And obviously then you get to a point where you maybe have an editor And that helps Oh, and, you know, it kind of takes some of that weight off. But at the moment, you know, at the beginning, it's, it is very much on you. And what I love about comics is that I can literally, my script, obviously it needs to be tidy and it needs to be as clear as possible. That's the most important thing, you know, so the artist knows what is expected of them and what is going on in the panels that you're writing. Yeah. yeah. But there's so much flexibility and it's not really your responsibility for it to look good. Like obviously the story has to be in a really good place, but you know Ultimately you share That sort of burden If that makes sense and, I, and and you know I've been really lucky I've worked with Super talented artists Who really like We're in a good place now Where we understand each other And I trust them And they it's, it, it is I love that About about writing comics So I kind of want to Do more of that It's just like You know Managing everything At the same oh, time <laughs> so
0: it's difficult. It is difficult When you've got so many Creative projects on the go Because yeah. I've, I was actually At a mental health thing With to The film and TV union And they were talking About how it it was all about like mental resilience and apparently like the human brain just is really struggles to deal with more than two or three things creatively at once because it doesn't know so it just is very like draining
1: for, exactly
0: so it can be t- it can be tough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And then things like, you know, like writing writing a novel or writing like a graphic novel, they're huge. So and it takes a million years. And and you know, at least for me, you know, other people are, are super quick and amazing, but I'm very, you know, I'm very slow really. And I like to to research and I like to well, I like to procrastinate a lot. Oh, absolutely um, <laughs> and all this stuff. So yeah, I think the variety is really is good because you work like you just work different creative muscles, if that makes sense. And, yeah, and it keeps I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really think that I would be writing comics or even scripts, like, you know, <laughs> but when I went to my master's, I actually ended up doing the comics module and then the lecture was amazing. David Bishop. Anthony, yeah, it was actually an yeah. option
0: for us to do. I, I didn't do that one because I actually kind of, in hindsight, it was like, maybe I should have done that, but. It
1: was so yeah. good. I loved it. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think, I didn't know what to expect, but. It was great, you yeah, know, it and it kind
0: of helped, you know, to like, yeah, all this stuff. So, which is great. I was going to say, one of your comics was at the V&A in Dundee as well, right? Uh,
1: yeah. So that was that was well, that was a short story I wrote. So it sorry, wasn't sorry, really sorry, a sorry. comic. It no, had, no, that's it fine.
0: Do with, it had like some cartoons. Like I was confused because it was cause, like some art stuff in it, though, right?
1: So, yeah. So an artist okay. drew drew a piece based on the story that I wrote. So it was like this collaboration. It was actually a really cool process. So you, they had this whole exhibition around robots and AI, mm-hmm. and they had an open call. So you pitched what you would write about and, you know, had all these questions about AI and the future of of artificial intelligence and all this stuff. And I pitched a story basically based on how artificial, AIs are usually female coded. Mm -hmm. And there's all this research around it around why uh, research that showed how people spoke to female coded AIs versus how they spoke to male coded AIs and all this stuff. So it was really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just basically like, like, you know, I pitched the story where you would see how they kind of, you know, reinforce gender stereotypes, essentially, and how like we have to look into that, really, because, you know, of course, you can speak to Alexa like crap, <laughs> but... Then if that's how, like, children are growing up and stuff, Alexa is, like, to them, a woman, you know? Like, and it, it kind <laughs> yeah, of, <laughs> it kind of maybe creates this expectation or this, like, thing that it's okay. Like and... like
0: subconscious sort of attitude.
1: Yeah, exactly. And obviously Alexa doesn't care that you're, like, insulting her, you know what I mean? But a real person would, so it, it was lots of interesting research around it. Definitely. So I pitched this story yeah. based on that. I'm thinking, okay, whatever, you know? Like, it was, like, super short. You only had, I think it was, like, 50 words to pitch what you would write about and I managed to get it which was amazing and I think I just finished doing the film and I kind of was looking for the next sort of thing to do on top of my my day job and yeah and I got it and yeah it was amazing I think I that's that point I left my day job in London and it was just so cool to be able to say okay so I'm leaving the day job because now I feel confident enough I have clients I have like you know I feel like I'm getting my creative my creativity back after like having a few years of just figuring my life out you know not that I have it figured out or anything. but you know i think uh, i needed a couple of years of like finishing uni and you know understanding like you have to again make money (laughs) unfortunately like you know and that sometimes is not very good like you just don't have time or you just don't have the mental energy to do this stuff so and that's okay as well so yeah it was great and i got it based on that and then yeah I wrote the story, and it was it was actually really cool. It was a, an interesting process, very different than writing a comic because you know I didn't have any communication with the artist. So so I saw the the response that he'd had to this story uh, when it went live, which was amazing. also really cool. I mean, yeah. he's an amazing artist.
0: We'll we'll link all this stuff uh, like to your website and things. In the show oh, the so you. People can go and like you know people can go and find it and all that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: hopefully they uh, like it. Yeah, it was it was great to write about it, and I think the sort of format I chose was a bit different. It's not like a straightforward. Prose, it's it's like basically it, it's almost like a script, if that makes sense. So it's like yeah. records from the AI. So and um, that was interesting as well to to do something a bit different and fun and, and stuff. I feel like I kind of maybe go out of my way to make things complicated for myself without them needing to be, but sometimes it pays off. So yeah, that's good.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. And I, what I really liked in what you're saying is I love this sort of thing you talked about confidence, and you need to have that confidence because I mean that's so true as a writer. Mm-hmm. I think in all creative industry, but I think specifically yeah. as a writer confidence is a big part of it and having that belief in like how that sort of comes through doing other things like and just various types of writing which is great well I've got some sort of quick fire fun questions for you now okay about writing and kind of things sure so the first one is who are like the sort of big influences On you as a writer Like who What other writers And things do you Really look up to I
1: would say Leigh Bardugo The writer of Shadow and Bone And Six of Crows Which is now a Netflix TV show I don't know if, if Oh you, no
0: yeah, I'm not, not, not aware of it No
1: oh, I, Her books are amazing I love them I'm obsessed Like right. they are Just everything I love about the genre
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: So she's a huge influence There's a Spanish writer Called Laura Gallego And her work Hasn't been translated Into English I don't think But growing up She was like I think I read her books when i was eight they're like yeah. these huge fantasy sprawling fantasy series and i i think that's really what made me think i want to do this you know so i would say lee bardugo laura gallego and i also really like laney taylor so basically all that stuff fantasy and YA stuff i love so yeah, yeah.
0: No, that's great. I'm going to ask, I'm going to throw in like a sort of cheeky bonus question kind of thing sure. here actually, but do you have a favourite book?
1: Oh, that's really hard. That's
0: really <laughs> I, I couldn't answer that.
1: That is very, very tough.
0: You can, have, you can give like two or three if it's easy. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's probably easier. I, I would say like Six of Crows by Leigh Bardugo. That's definitely up there. Then I also love Uprooted by Naomi Novik. It's a great, great, great book standalone. It's like a really dark, twisted book fairy tale based on polish fairy tales it's amazing oh nice so i think those two are pretty up there at the moment but it changes all the time of course um, I, I
0: couldn't answer that I, when i ask these questions i'm like what are you doing to these poor guests?
1: no no <laughs> <laughs> like
0: they you couldn't answer these.
1: Books, it's just so hard you know and know. also like i read so much definitely but those two really stood out to me recently i feel like i should have prepared this because like you know i have no, uh, okay. I I, in that. the office i have all this like like my it, bookshelves either. are packed you know
0: yeah
1: i also love the saga comics as well i don't know if you if you read those no, no, great. I don't.
0: it's like to be honest like the sort of fantasy type novels and things have never really been a genre i have not really know much about i'm you know i'm quite like mm. a a boat I, I love like a sort of Coming of age Romantic comedy book Type thing Like normal people. Oh
1: I love those as well Yeah I think I could do it By genre easier if of, that course. Yeah, like, of course Yeah Like you know Then I have like My favourite genres in that, in that genre Recently I read A book called Loving Colour Which was lots of Short stories Oh nice um, And it was so So good I so will, good. I mean I you can Link that, that, that at up. the end I've definitely Yeah it's before. great that sounds Probably good. my favourite In that genre so far Oh like I I think probably One of my favourite books I ended up doing My dissertation on it Is Handmaid's Tale Oh, great. I've never athlete.
0: actually, I've not got around to seeing that. and I know, I know obviously the obviously, I don't,
1: I haven't seen the yeah, series. I'm kind
0: of interested to see, to watch it because I've heard very good things and I've heard that obviously, books very good as the well. The book so. is
1: amazing. Um, yeah. It gave me nightmares. Yeah. It's a and then obviously, and I mean, I loved it. It was, it was just so eye-opening in a way and like just it was terrifying. But I loved it. It ended up inspiring what I did for my dissertation, which was all about like, you know, women's bodies and and how they're basically (laughs) fucked over by the patriarchy. And (laughs) that was that was the official title of my dissertation. Uh, No. Um But yeah, so I think Handmaid's Tale is probably up there for me as well.
0: Yeah, and another question is, and this is a, this is actually quite a good one for people. But what do you do? You have like a writing schedule? Do you like what? How do you approach writing? How do you tackle a day of writing? Like, oh, um, I process? should have,
1: I should have a writing schedule. In theory, I do. Whether I stick to it or not is is different. So yeah, so now I'm I'm very lucky because because of the way I freelance, I basically work two three days a week. As Mm a journalist Or a copywriter Or or an editor So I have like Two or three clients That have like Recurrent work with And then the other Two days a week I'm supposed to be Working on my creative projects And doing my writing (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: And sometimes it works out I think like It's so easy to make excuses So it's like Oh yeah Like you know I write better in the evening Or I write Um, It's like You just have to write Like you know You just have to get over yourself I think you just have to Sit down and write
0: Absolutely (laughs) Like I think I'm guilty of being like Asking people Is there like a certain way You do it And it's like You want the the answer, but the answer actually is just sit down and write. Don't think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) just do it. Just write through the writing.
1: I do think like, you know, sometimes if you, if you, do, you know, yourself, you know, that if you, you, you might be better at it in the evening, you might like, it's more like if you're using that as an excuse not to do it and then it gets to the evening and you're still not writing, then maybe it's, that's not the case. Maybe you just like, you know, don't want to do it or something, you know? So I think at the moment, because I'm also like just getting used to the new rhythm of working with clients in that way and and doing all that work and then having days where you're, where you have to do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when you have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're, you as you say, you have to set your own deadlines and you have to do all this stuff. So yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment where I'm working to, when I'm writing two days a week, you know, I've got a couple of projects on the go. That's really good. So, uh, so yes, yeah. I try to do it as a working day, basically. I try to do it like maybe like 9.30 to 5.30 and then that's it. Like I'm, I'm lucky now that I have a, a space where I can write and then you know, then you're you're done when you close the door. That's it. Like yeah. you know, you don't. In theory, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I say this, and recently I was like, you know, brought it into the living room, and I was writing. Like I went into like one of those weird, just in my head, and I was writing the whole weekend. And I was like, what am I doing? You know, like now I have to work all week <laughs> after this. So, so yeah, I think it's just sort of having a bit of listening to yourself, but also just doing it.
0: One of my questions I'm starting to ask everyone because I think this is an essential part of being creative, but. How do you? What do you look for in a collaboration? What are the things you like in a collaboration and what are the things you don't like in a collaboration? Because I think it's something important for people to know about because it's an essential part.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that you have really good communication. They understand where each other stands and that you'd like you know you trust each other but you also like give them space like you know the artists I work with on my ongoing comic you know we both have so much going on at the moment and we love doing it and I I, again it's actually one of the things I would say start with something small so start with working together with projects that are maybe low stakes or things that you love like him and I started working together on short comics for for this indie comics publisher And we've done a couple for them and we did a few other things. And then we're like, right, let's like, you know, this is working. We feel comfortable. We're both learning, you know, we list, let's do something that gives us a chance to flex our skills and learn and do something different, but something that's a bit bigger. And then that's how we got into a good swing of things. And then when I worked with new artists, I brought that into it as well. Just be like, so what do you want out of this, you know, and what do I want out of this? And just basically talking to them and just be nice really yeah. but also also be nice but also like know what you want and be clear about that as well yeah you know
0: absolutely no it's just a, a question we started asked because I think it's you know we have to be good at working with other people in this industry and it's an important thing to think about um, yeah I love, yeah I love the thing you said about um, starting with low stakes I think that's a really good mm. idea because if you obviously go in and you start writing a like feature script together that you're going to pitch and then money gets involved and you actually realize you don't work well together you know that's a logistical night that would
1: be tricky yeah, yeah. So Or it could work out beautifully, you know? Of course,
0: it could. But I think what you're saying about the low stakes thing is important because it's like you know, at least, that you work well together so and it's yeah and you learn and you learn again
1: it comes from like that whole learn to walk before you run type thing like i think it's so easy to get really excited about things and and then you might not actually have the time to do and then you might get frustrated with the other person and they don't you feel like they're not as invested as you are in all this stuff so i think just testing the waters seeing how you work and seeing if you enjoy it really Absolutely. like yeah. you know obviously if you're doing something that's paid because again you need to pay the bills then <laughs> you might not have as much of a chance to to do that and then you'll learn something else from that you know you'll learn how to compromise and Absolutely. all of this stuff which is also important so yeah so yeah definitely just get a real job
0: well we talked about part-time jobs slightly today Mm-hmm. Um, and like paying the bills and things but what's the sort of worst quote real job you'd ever had to sort of work oh, that oh you, my god you hated or to sort of support yourself as a writer there's a few <laughs> you don't have to name the company if you don't want to by the don't worry
1: that's okay so i think when i was in uni i worked at the pasty shop on at waverly station oh
0: yeah yeah, yeah extraordinarily priced. <laughs> horrible,
1: yeah, and extraordinarily pr- priced and super low paid. So <laughs> it's like, uh, how how does that work? But yeah, we all know how that works. I hated it. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. They made me wear a horrific hat, oh, and no. <laughs> and they didn't let you like take any leftover pasties home. Oh, what? Um, yeah, What's yeah, yeah. I mean, point? I'm basically just like slagging the pasty shop on this. <laughs> like, it was part of a bigger company, I'm and sure you know, and all. Listening.
0: i'm sure they're they're not listening to us right yeah now. can you, you are, imagine if you are a pasty is not worth four pounds guys come on
1: just, just. yeah yeah do something <laughs> about that uh so yeah that was horrible and i just remember i'd just like be standing there in this little like kind of box and that way station just like looking out to the horizon oh, to a little true. bit of light that comes out and just like oh my god what am i doing with my life you know <laughs> just yeah that was that was not great and yeah apparently like you know that thing where it's like oh if you give us a review you get a free ipad which is bullshit so we had to do that at one point. One of my reviews was like yeah nice enough but you know she looked like she would literally rather be anywhere else and I was like yeah that's accurate like
0: <laughs> I love that
1: You're like, yeah, you know I've got to be nice but why do you expect me what, what do you want me to do you know like act as if like selling a pasty is like the highlight of my life no you know <laughs> <Absolutely>. like
0: <laughs> I know it's crazy um so, no that's good no I, I did I love this question because and it's one of our most popular because it makes everyone just feel better because we all have to work jobs we don't like at some point of course. It, it, it it helps I always enjoy it well I've got one more question but just first, I want to say thank you very much for your time I know there's so much more things we could have talked about that's <laughs> okay we'll get you on another time in the future we'll eventually in the, yeah definitely something we could do but yeah it's
1: been you know, lovely i'd be i'd be I, up for that yeah
0: i appreciate like you know you how, you've done so many things and it's great to talk to you about writing did <laughs> some great things but I sort of get my guest to always end on like just a sort of and, and you've given great advice for it but just a sort of summary of like what your advice would sort of be to anyone who wants to be a writer in whatever medium or just to anyone who wants to sort of work in the creative industries
1: yeah I would say you know obviously write and create for your own, do your own stuff. It doesn't always have to be, you know, for anything else, like just for yourself. And that's already going to mean that you sharpen your skills and you know what you like and you know what you don't like. And, you know, so basically write or create or whatever it is you do, do it for yourself and because you love it. And that's yeah. a good place to start. I would say have a good support network. The writing so community. Yeah, essential. the writing community is really welcoming, even on the internet. Like, you know, sometimes it's it's hard to meet people, but there's all these, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a whole sort of writing community online that is super welcoming. And there's lots of groups that you can join and people like who know what you're going through. And, and just like, and also your family and friends, you know, like let them take you out for a walk every now and again. And, you know, like just rely on your support network. Cause as you said, like writing is, is, can be very lonely Um, and you can get really in your head. So <laughs> yeah. it's good to, to remember, you know, like have that balance of being creative, but Especially also sort of,
0: during a global pandemic as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And just like, you know, put yourself with kindness. Don't put all this pressure to do everything at once. And I would say, and also get comfortable with rejection, like try not to take it personally. Like, you know, you feel like you pour your heart and soul into a short story and then it gets rejected from every single lit mag out there and that feels horrible but you know it's it's part of of being a writer like you know it's not about you as a person most of the time it's literally just because it's not right for the place or you still have to like do a lot of learning and do some editing so you know just get comfortable with that and just use it as an opportunity to learn and look at your work in in a different way so i would say probably those three (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, I, I I've I think like sort of well being and mental health aspect of the arts is something that's getting a lot better. And I can yeah, say it's I mean. great for, it's a great thing that you bring up as well because it's so important and like looking after your well-being as an artist, I think it's essential. And I don't think it's still talked about as much as it should be. So well, thank you very much for your time, Lydia. It is Lydia, right? I, I was saying yes. your name right. I was like so yeah, scared yeah. to say your name in this interview in case no. I like made a mistake. I was like, I did I should have checked. I just wanted to be clear. That's <laughs> right, that's right. Yeah, oh, well, thank you very much i really appreciate your time it was a great chat and then you had some no great worry. things to say so i hope you oh thank
1: you thank you i hope i hope, hope it made sense
0: <laughs> No, I absolutely did so there you go that was my conversation with lydia Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Massive shout out to Lydia again for giving us her time. And yeah, as always, if you want to find out a bit more about Lydia and what she does and look at some of her work and stuff, there's links to that underneath the podcast in the show notes, so please go and do that. And also, as always, remember to support the podcast any way you can. Whether that be through our Patreon page, by leaving us a review, or by telling friends and family to listen, anything you can do to help us is very much appreciated. But now I must go and sleep, but wherever you are in the world, I hope you're well, and we'll be back again next week with another episode of Just Get a Real Job. Just get a real job.